Well, shalom alechem, everybody. It's Rachel Evans, and I'm back with another episode of the tentatively titled Dark Five. What does she What does she mean by that? Well, let me explain to you. Um, so, turns out there's somebody out there who has uh, copyrighted the the words Dark Five. Which is like silly and fun for me, right? Actually, it's not. It means that we have to change. But know what's great about change is that it is the it opens up just so many more opportunities. Because let me let me shoot straight with you guys for a second. I'm gonna be honest for a second. Dark five is very limiting. Having to say number five, like having to do that and having to fit things within a listical format, especially in, via the medium of podcast is very difficult for me. I, uh, I, my brain doesn't really work that way. I am sure that you guys can tell by now that I'm I'm pretty tangential. And so um, what you don't see with the original Dark Five uh, series on Snarled and on Amazon is that um, there's a lot of editing. <laughs> I generally go into the room like without a script and just talk for 90 minutes to two hours and my poor editors had to cut that into a 15 minute episode. Impossible? Yes, but they did it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the way my brain actually genuinely works. So via this medium, it's very difficult for me to tamper myself and to like be the edited version of Rachel that you guys have come to know, which is why so many of you have asked like, when are you bringing back the old format? Well, I'm not as of right now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But as of right now, this is kind of where I'm rocking. Um, and if you're down with me, then let's boogie, right? Brandon, just scream, right? Oh, he yeeted away from the microphone. I hope you heard it. Um, so yeah, I kind of like wanted to say thank you guys for being so supportive to me and to the show in general and to Snarled, of course. Um, but I'm really excited to embark on a new journey and it does it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me explain, uh, where we're going with this. Um, so this new series that is the same series, just with a different name and also slightly different format is called, wait for it, wait for it, Mocking a Murder. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's funny because of making a murder, and but then I put mocking instead of making. So that's why it's funny if you guys needed um, an explanation of the joke, which always means that the joke landed um so yeah and I also I really want to okay I want to dig into this idea because for me the my favorite part of doing dark five was always um digging into the psychology behind the person who committed these crimes understanding what made that person and how they could have affected it how the external forces in their life could have affected them yada yada um and what I found is that I I've garnered a lot of sympathy for these people and I think in today's culture we have this weird fascination with serial killers in a way that is becoming unhealthy I have so many dms and so many emails messages whatever from young people idolizing killers idolizing specifically now Ted Bundy after this whole like Zac Efron Mishigas 
always Jeffrey Dahmer, always Richard Ramirez and Charles Manson, of course. And so like the idea that these people have become so far separated from their humanity that they now become palatable to you is disturbing for me because guess what I'm doing? I'm teaching you about it. And there's a weird responsibility that I feel for this information while I know that I'm not the only person far from it giving you this information. It's still makes me feel odd when I don't kind of address the elephant in the room, which is like, man, these people are goddamn losers. And you need to understand why. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer is not somebody that you should idolize. <laughs> Richard Ramirez, you, listen, you can find who you want hot, hot. I understand that. But Richard Ramirez had halitosis, and I just feel like you should know that. Having halitosis doesn't make you a bad person, but it's a very humanizing quality. He apparently, his breath was so bad that if you got near him, you would start to feel like the nose hairs and you coil up. Like, he was historically a disgusting person. And so when you see these images of him in the courtroom with a pentagram on his hand looking all sexy and cool with a unbuttoned shirt with the long hair and you know he had groupies inside of the courthouse he got married in prison so is it called prison or is it called jail or is it called is it both it's prison because jail is just like the county one right yeah. cool 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 um so that's what's so interesting to me about this kind of stuff is that for it does it does um spark and i do understand i like a bad boy I do like a bad boy, but I don't like a killer <laughs> um, because that implies that that's like a bad person to go to dinner with. If you are, <laughs> to say the least, obviously, but if you are a serial killer, a killer like of any sort, any sort of uh, nefarious person, <laughs> I feel like that's very um, reductive to call a serial killer nefarious. But you know what? I didn't want to say evil because I don't know if that exists, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're a type of person who thinks that your way is the only way, everybody else is wrong, and the only way to achieve happiness is via, like, those means, that's not a person I want to hang out with. It's probably not a person that you want to be. So maybe it's time to start a new narrative surrounding these people and not just talk about the sensationalism of their crimes, not talk about how, you know, we should empathize with these people, which I 100% have done in the past and I'm not saying it's wrong I'm, I'm definitely not saying it's wrong I think recognizing parts of yourself in horrible awful things is important because it's important to know what you're not supposed to do or not supposed to do implies some sort of like empirical rule but like seeing yourself in somebody who has murdered somebody else is not I keep wanting to say it's not wrong it's not, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. And it's okay if you like things that make you a little scared, make you a little nervous. That's why I grew up liking my chemical romance. I was like, oh my God, Gerard Way, your eyes are so dark. Get some rest. But I love you because I knew that I was other than as well. And so what I think that people are resonating with these people is that what people are resonating with these killers is that they felt alone, they feel other than, and they're expressing it in an extreme way, in a way that, I'm not saying that you guys wanna kill people, I'm sure you don't, but they took action 
against their own otherness. And I think it's important to have that part of you still. I do that every day. When I speak up, when I speak my mind, when I challenge people, I live that. I challenge the otherness every single day with my hair, with my glasses, whatever, um, through healthy mediums. And I kind of want to encourage that. And so basically, the short and long of it, and the lo- I would probably say the long, long of it, because I've been talking for some time, um, is that mocking a murderer is, ooh, oh, I just got a text. Ooh, I just got a text. <laughs> I'm very popular, unlike these people. <laughs> um, <laughs> mocking a murderer, every episode, we're going to take a different notable killer and tell him, I don't know why I'm saying we, I guess it's me and Brandon. Brandon's mic isn't on, but you know, you know he's here. Um, we're going to be exploring a different murder or a different uh, criminal. And I also want to expand it to murderers and killers inside of the TV, film, comic book, anime, like all of it. I want your suggestions. I'm so excited to dig into this. I'm going to be talking to people like psychologists, like people who can inform me on this kind of thing and not just add fuel to this kind of like sensationalist fire. Um, each episode I'm going to talk, be talking about a different killer of some sort and what makes them human I'm not mocking them per se and I know that that's what the title is it's kind of just a fun title and I'm I am going to be humanizing them in a way that could be perceived as mocking them but that's not what I'm trying to do I'm not trying to tear anybody down here I mean I do believe that serial killers deserve to be torn down a little bit but I also don't want to isolate and alienate those of you who um, like to listen to Dark Five because I do empathize with certain attributes and like god it's such a hard thing to talk about because you don't you don't want to be the person who's telling you that this monster is human but at the end of the day they are human and I think that somewhere along the way we've forgotten that you know <laughs> through through things like Mind Hunter and the the act on Hulu, which is about Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and like um, all of the different interpretations of Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, and yada, yada, Jeffrey Dahmer just had that new movie come out with that like young attractive boy, and it's like, you know, that sounded weird to say out loud, but you guys get what I mean. We are forgetting that these are human beings with real deep seated issues that are. Um, uh, kind of embarrassing. So like, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to figure it out together, honestly. And I'm really, really looking forward to do doing deep dives. So like I said, every episode is going to be a different person. And I'm going to tell you my, to bring this back to the dark five, baby, last dark five. Here are the first five episodes of Mocking a Murderer. (laughs) New show, baby. Yeah. I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. I'm actually really excited. I'm invigorated. I've done over 100 episodes of Dark Five. Do you know what that... I don't know how to list things anymore. I don't think I can count past five. I think I'm done. So here are the five episodes of uh, Mocking a Murderer. The first one coming out will be, oh, you guys talk to me about him more than literally anything else in the world. Jeffrey Dahmer. Of course I'm going to be talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer I have a lot of sympathy for, and I think a lot of people do because he was a young gay man in the 70s. Not an easy thing to be. Um, Obviously, 
took a wrong route in his life. And there were many things about him that, um, hmm, you know what, I'll save it. <laughs> I'll save it for the episode, but I will say that like your, uh, there's a few people out there who DM me very, very frequently about how much they love Jeffrey Dahmer. And I am hoping to change your mind. You should not love a serial killer, okay? You know, right? Okay. How many burps do I get this episode? Three. <clears throat> that was like two and one, honestly. Okay, thank you. That was one burp. Next episode is David Berkowitz. So David Berkowitz was son of Sam. I don't know if I've actually talked about him on Dark Five, which is impressive to me. Maybe I have. I don't know. Let me know. Um, but Son of Sam was a uh, sharpshooter. Sharpshooter makes him sound like he was talented at shooting, and he absolutely was not, which is one of the things I'm going to be talking about in, in uh, this episode with Son of Sam is that he, he tried to kill. Before he actually got his first kill, he tried to do it a couple times and couldn't figure it out. Um... And so he also, he's, I think one of the topics and one of the motifs, uh-oh, SATs are coming up. One of the motifs of um, mocking a murderer will be this idea of incels or involuntary celibates. Um, he kind of tiptoes into that world in that he um, couldn't get this one specific girl to love him and then went on a killing spree of girls that looked like her. So interesting, interesting. Speaking of incels, oh my God, the biggest incel there ever was or ever will be Elliot Rogers. Oh my God. Elliot Rogers wrote a manifesto and manifestos are my favorite example of dweebotry. Um, <laughs> manifestos are, you think you are so important that the world is going to read your writings and understand why you did the things that you needed to do because, oh, the world is so hard. I really um, enjoy reading manifestos because it makes me chuckle. And, like, here's the problem that I see with it. I feel like if I read a manifesto, not the killing part, obviously, but the the met the tone of it is very like pop punk in 2004 it's very like panic at the disco very my chemical romance nobody understands me nobody will ever understand me the world is cruel women don't love me now i must kill so um the one thing also and i'm kind of just figuring this out as i go as as well <laughs> if you couldn't tell um one thing also that i want to talk about in this new series is kind of the splinter situation where they at one point life isn't going the way that they want it to go and they have they make a decision and that decision tells you who they are as a people and that's the thing is that i feel like that's the great denominator is that we all have moments like this where you make a decision you you're at an impasse in your life and you can either go one way or you could go the other way and they always choose the other way and so i want to pinpoint that moment i want to i want to pinpoint the moment in time where they decided that the world was against them and there was no other option for them um, because I also think that's really helpful to see that and understand that, like, no, it is a choice. No, no, no. Your life is in your control and nobody is doing anything to you. That's the thing about Elliot Rogers. He was so. <sighs> oh, wait, hold on. I We just have to tell you just one thing real quick. So just sit tight and we will be right back. I promise you.
See, I told you that wasn't too long. That wasn't too bad. And now we get to talk about more stuff. Look at us being friends and lovers, maybe. That's the thing about Elliot Rogers. He was so, so uh, adamant about the fact that the world was happening to him as opposed to him existing within this world, within this larger world. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about him for sure. And the next one, I did not, oh my, oh my God. Okay. The, I, is it number two? I haven't been doing that. Guess what? Number two. <laughs> I, yeah, I should do that for the last time. So number five, which is actually number one of the podcast, confusing, I don't care, Jeffrey Dahmer. Number four, Son of Sam. Number three, Elliot, is it Elliot Roger or Elliot Rogers? Elliot yeah, it's Elliot Roger. Um, I get confused because that's not really, I've never heard that as a last name without an S at the end. But that's cool. Hey, I love that. Um, that's about all I like about you. Uh, number three, Elliot Roger. Number four. <laughs> Oh, buddy, buddy. Number four, Luca Magnata. Holy qua. Okay, so right about the time when uh, we stopped doing Dark Five as the show that you know it on Snarled, I was writing a script about... Um, about fame killers, which means people who kill for fame. Many people who write manifestos, they fall into this category because they are trying to spread their message to the world. They think that they're a beacon of intelligence and they're going, they try to cleanse the world of all of the stupidity that, you know, they clearly do not have. But Luca Magnata is such a unique case in this. He is a Canadian dude, um, kind of recent, like I think it might have been early 2000s. Um, when I'll know more, don't worry. I'll, I'll have the firm details when the episode comes. I just kind of know a lot about him peripherally. Um, but he uh, wanted to be famous so badly. He needed to be famous. And I think that this is really kind of an interesting story to tell in 2019 because it's about what would you do for fame? What are the extent where what extent would you go to to become famous? And I think we're starting to see this a lot on YouTube specifically with the children's content and how the families are just completely like abusing their children for views and then you have people like David Dobrik, who I actually really love, and I think his content's really fun and lighthearted, and everybody's consenting, and it's fine, but they're shooting each other, like, with uh, paintball guns at very close proximity, and, like, what, at what point is too much too much, and I think, because um, it's all too much, I think it's, we can all agree that it's extra, but at what point has extra become criminal, and I, I think we've uh, found it, it's Luca Magnata, so he really desperately, I'm not going to say too much again, I want to, but I'm not going to, he desperately wanted to become famous, so he, um, he applied for a bunch of reality shows, everyone was like, you're beautiful, he was beautiful, gorgeous, they're like, you're beautiful, but so creepy, so um, he decided to murder, this is, he decided to murder somebody and then um, put it on the internet. And that's not even one eightieth of the story here. He created hundreds of accounts. I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't even, I can't get into it right now. Yeah, Brandon's giving me this face that's like disgusted. It, you will be shocked. And I think more than anything, this will be a lot like on Dark Five, the um, the deep dives that I did into serial killers, specifically like Carl Panzram, Jeffrey Dahmer, yada yada, um, there's going to be a lot like that, um, just kind of with a more focused 
scope. So Luca Magnata, very excited to talk about him and the implica- the ramifications of fame in 2019 and what it. I don't want to. I don't want to ever. I, I don't want to date this to 2019 because I think it's relevant in the age of Instagram and in YouTube and TikTok and all of these new mediums that like we need to understand what this is doing to our brain and how we have stopped humanizing people and start seeing them as clicks, start seeing them as views. And people are not views, people are not clicks, they are uh, humans and they bleed, which we found out. I actually watched, I accidentally watched the video that he posted and it was the worst thing I have ever seen. And the thought that somebody, I can, I'll describe in some detail during the that specific podcast what he did I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't think the the actual physical crime is the most interesting part of their stories by any means but um just the idea that somebody was so willing to commit a crime that is beyond like son of sam killed a lot of people he killed many more people than luca magnato but he did it with a gun from far away because that he was that kind of loser you know he was that kind of scared of humans but luca magnato was so he needed so desperately to have power over people and power over his own situation and perception of himself that he was willing to do probably the worst thing think of the worst thing that's what he did so um Ooh, ooh! I see it in my head, and I can't get it out. Okay, please don't go. Please don't look it up, guys. I I promise you, it's if you if you're not using the deep web, absolutely don't look it up because you probably won't find it. But if you are using the deep web, I just really first of all, like if you're using the deep web already, like I assume that you have understanding of the things that you're capable of finding there and how it could hurt you. But I do um. Uh, warn you against it. I don't think it's even, I don't think it's worth, I don't think it's fascinating. I don't think it's worth looking at. I accidentally saw it and it really hurt my heart. So please don't. Um, And number, uh, is it number one? Number one, Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez is troubling for me because guess what? Yeah, I also saw a picture of him and thought he was attractive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel great about that, but he has the long hair thing and he's kind of gangly and he's got that like kind of like man in black thing going on. But um, the second I saw the second picture of him, that that was gone. <laughs> um, and also reading about his crimes and heinous behavior, obviously not great. Um, we're going to be talking about Richard Ramirez. I really specifically want to get into his capture story. It is my favorite Los Angeles story of all time. Um, takes place in Boyle Heights. If you're from there, holler. I love you so much. I love Boyle Heights, my favorite neighborhood, but, um, for this reason, because of this story. So I'm going to get into that and I'm going to get into kind of the idea that he was perpetuating with and what the idea of like, no, it's funny is that like, I, I'm in the world of Satanism, you know, and I'm in that world of kind of macabre and spooky things. And, I have never gotten male attention because of it. Like it has never been something, I am not a dark and brooding person um, because of my inclinations or because of my interests. But for some reason, him and all other men who are like, I'm a vampire now, you know, girls love it. Girls just love it. But um, I really wanna talk about the things that really humanize him and kind of what, 
his actual crimes were. I feel like a lot of people understand the uh, Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker, as he's called, as this um, courtroom hero because he did the pentagram on his hand and he he was very public. He was smiling. He was laughing. He was having a good time inside of the courtroom. And that's really all people remember about him. Um, he actually did some really heinous stuff, guys. And on top of that was um, like just... This is where I struggle. See, this is this is where it gets hard. Is that I he's like a loser, but not in the way that like I'm a loser, you know? Like I'm a dweeb. I'm I support dweebs. I support losers, but we we don't see these people as that. We see these people as some untouchable gods for some reason, not me, but all of the feedback that I hear, not all of it. That's, you know, absolutist but a lot of feedback that I hear is idolizing these people and not understanding that like no like they they struggle with the same things we struggle with they just chose they chose the idea that they're so right that their ideas are so perfect and so spot on that they had to change the world around them in order to fit their perspective. And that is so dangerous, especially today with everything that's going on. We need a little perspective, you know? And I think with this show, hopefully will come some perspective and also maybe just a little bit of education, a little bit of fun, because I do like talking about these stories. Like I do find them intensely interesting as long as we're able to have this open and honest conversation about who this actual person was. I'm not in, like I said, I'm not interested in the crimes of these people. I think it's necessary to tell the story of their uh, to tell a character arc. You know, I think it's necessary to include this culmination of character, but I don't think it's interesting, and I don't think you should either. So um, let me try to explain to you why. You know, that's all I ask. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about killers, is what I'm saying. We're gonna be talking about killers um, of all kinds. So if you have any suggestions, please send them to me because I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Because at the end of the day, this is really about you, even though I am speaking a lot. Uh, it's really about you because that's what that's what troubles me is you guys like the thought of you listening to me talk about these crimes in a way that's like fun and goofy and like you know there's a bunch of graphics on the dark five videos and it's poppy and it's fun and you know I I understand why you need to do that for YouTube but that's not how I want to express myself and I hope that you guys are along for the journey because it will be one. And uh, I have a lot to say. And if it's if it ever seems like I don't have a lot to say, like if you hear like awkward pregnant pauses, not pregnant, like I'm not pregnant. It's like a, it's a phrase pregnant pause. It just means like it's a big old juicy pause. Um, it's because I have so many words just f floating around in my head and I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to find the ones that I want to say because I do think that we as a society need to be as a society oh god shut up Rachel like what am I writing a manifesto honestly is this a manifest well it would only be a manifesto if I like plan to do something really terrible and it, I don't honestly like if no one listens to this whatever you know I don't listen to it please do but like you know I'm not like out here trying to change the world I'm just saying I'm just saying guys I don't know man it's the end of the day it's 7 p.m when we're recording this. And I think that that's actually kind of nice because I've spent the whole day interacting with people really trying to, a lot of my job is trying to figure people out. And 
I'm excited to can continue that in into this thing. So thanks. Thank you for being on this Dark Five journey with me. It does not mean that we are done with Dark Five. It just means that we're putting a pin in it. Um, and I appreciate you wanting to listen to me even if you don't. Even if I'm just background noise. Honestly, that's nice. I can't imagine I would be background noise. I think I would be. this would be a very um, anxiety-inducing white noise. Just like a neurotic Jew like stammering at you is not like a I guess people listen to Seinfeld when they go to sleep you know so whatever it's like Seinfeld but with more murder <laughs> fuck oh man anyway thanks again let me go over this just one more time. Jeffrey Dahmer, David Berkowitz, son of Sam, Elliot Roger, Luca Magnata, Richard Ramirez. Those are the ones that you can look forward to first. Um, but you know what? <laughs> I am large. I contain multitudes. And if I want to change my mind, I will. Like if I want to throw in a little Carl Panzram in there, you bet your sweet ass I will. Because I see. Oh, my God. This is going to be a learning experience for me. I was about to say I love Carl Panzram, but I know I don't. I know I don't love Carl Panzram. He committed sodomy on hundreds of young boys. I don't like that. Think about what you're saying. Think about it. That's what I'm saying. Think about what you're saying before you say it. If you are, if you are posting online your adoration and love for Jeffrey Dahmer, think about it for a second. Think about his victims and the, like, the victims' families and like the actual crimes he committed I, I, what a buzzkill, right? That's a buzz. I understand it's a buzzkill. And you can be fascinated by things. I'm not telling you not to be fascinated by things. I'm just asking that we we inject a little humanity into the serial killer, into this true crime fascination. Because true crime, so many bandwagoners, so many people jumping on the bandwagon, so many people popping up with shows and podcasts and and live shows and whatever and CD, CDs. What year is this? <laughs> movies you get what I mean yeah uh, d disc sets um oh god about true crime and serial killers and I just feel like we have we are past the point of understanding humanity and I just need it so bad I'm changing as a person I was talking I know that I'm just rambling and honestly you can cut anything that you want to cut I don't care but um I was on a date last night actually and he was asking me about Dark Five and he was asking me about kind of like where I am with it. And, oh God, how do I say this? He, I just, I, I have changed as a person. The person that you saw on that Deadly Colts, the first episode of Dark Five a couple years ago, maybe three years, I don't know even, maybe two and a half, three, whatever. However many years ago it was. I'm a different person now. I'm growing up. My life is changing and the things that I want for my life are changing. And I want this show to reflect that. I don't want to have to come in here and be dishonest with you guys and sh like spit shit out in listicle format because it's palatable. Like I, I want to be honest with this information. And as long as I'm given this platform, I'm going to be honest, as honest as I can be. And I have become a more sense. And the thing is, the thing that I find so special about this is, is that I've become a more sensitive, a more empathetic, more caring person because of this show. Because I am forced every, every episode, I'm forced to, I'm, I'm confronted with 
depravity. Like I'm, I'm confronted with such a lack of humanity that it makes me yearn for it. It makes me want to find the humanity. And, um, and it also makes me understand people in a way that I never have before. And I want to share that with you guys. Like I want you to also have this experiential, uh, I was about to say experiential experience, but you know, that's redundant and I'm fallible. I'm human. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, let's like grow together guys. Is that too esoteric? Is that too like, oh my God, who is she? No. Okay. You think I have fans? Well, yeah, you're deluded. Uh, well, we'll find out after this, honestly. We'll find out. <laughs> because, you know, if you guys just quit it because I'm not listing things anymore, then, like, well, shit. I have a lot to change about myself. Actually, no, I'm not going to, like, be a mirror to you. I'm myself. I look in the mirror every day. I see me. I don't see you. I see me. So I got I got to be true to that. Um, Who am I yelling at? Who am I even yelling at right now, you know? Okay, guys, it's been it's been a real one. I need to smoke a bowl. I need to smoke a million boys. But boys? I just said I need to smoke a million boys. Kill me. Don't. That's the other thing. Please don't kill me. <laughs> Please don't kill me. I feel like this, with this new format, I am opening myself up to a whole new group of people who is just going to be down to murder me. And I am just please don't I have a family my parents love me very much I would like to have babies like in the next like I don't know like I don't, I don't know I don't want to put a timeline on it but I definitely am thinking about it you know so I have so much to live for and I'm just trying to you know spread some light to the dark so don't kill me okay all right this has been a short one but it's a little tiny announcement and um I love you by the way, y'all, um, if you did not know, this is a cast box podcast produced by Studio 71. So if you don't know what cast box is, it is, sorry, I have a stutter, but I'm going to keep it in there because I am human and I have flaws. Um, Castbox is the fastest growing podcast app, meaning a place to uh, listen to your podcast, not to make a podcast. Make a podcast, put it on Castbox. How about that? It's how I listen to my podcast, and it's how this podcast is alive right now. So if you would like to support me and yourself and Castbox, I suggest getting the app. It is wonderful. <laughs> Mwah. Chef hands. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>